0: hi guys welcome into the OBR film breakdown this is a special round one coverage episode your host Jake Burns and we are live here 949 pacific time on my end on the east coast where my guest John Colosimo is it is 1249 the next day so shout out to John for hopping off a plane not really watching much of this draft uh, going through it with me here before we recorded and we're gonna give you all the insight you need, though. What's up, John?
1: <laughs> oh man, you know, um, if if we had a first round pick, I never would have agreed to uh, fly back. But uh, it just happened to be a work trip down there, and there was just no Friday flights available to come back. So this is one of my favorite days of the year. Um, obviously, I will be watching the draft uh, intensively for the rest of the of the draft, but it hurts to to have missed. it I have I have not missed a first round of the draft and I saw parts of it uh, at least on the Detroit to Cleveland leg which is only like a 40 minute section of it and I was getting some text messages uh on what was going on but it's not like watching it in real time so a little rough but uh you know ex- it was a hell of an exciting uh first round it looks like a lot of movement
0: tons of movement man so let's let's try to do our best to keep this organized with our thoughts. like you and I have looked through all the picks now you know I, I would go through teams who I thought did best because there were so many teams who doubled up. that's kind of what's amazing to me is two first round picks and sometimes in these cases it three eight first round people? picks was it eight I don't know people? if it came to eight. let's count them up right now. So the Jags moved back into the first round so they're one. the Lions got two guys in the first round they're two. Two, two yes. for the Texans makes three. The Jets and Giants make four and five. Um, let's keep scrolling and see if anybody else. the The uh, Saints make six because they took two guys. Um, anybody else that took two? The Chiefs took two, so that's seven. Eight would be Packers. Yeah, so that's yeah. eight teams that had. Mo- that's wild. How many fan it's bases gotta be were left out of the- it? Has to be. It has to be reckoned. I saw somebody put out something before or during the first round that. I actually think it was pro football talk, who I generally think is nonsense, but they did put out something along the lines of like the NFL doesn't love that there are upward of eight franchises who don't even get a first round pick because that alienates a little bit of it. But I'm telling you, being here in Vegas, it is packed. I mean, it is bananas amount of people here at the NFL with eight fan bases, not making a first round pick. I'm really going to be interested, John, to see because there were three playoff games, three closeout playoff games going on in the NBA what the ratings look like for this because it seems like it's just it just keeps growing the draft keeps growing every year and Vegas has been unbelievable with the coverage of it man so um, pretty pretty crazy start to the draft what did you think of Trevon Walker I did not think they were going to end up taking Walker Walker's so interesting to me because like I think ultimately this might be one of the more forget un like, like forgettable first round picks almost like who is the who was the first pick from, was it Fisher that was the Chiefs' first pick?
1: Oh, yeah. The tackle. Uh-huh. Like it's just
0: one. Mm-hmm. just a really forgettable selection. I have a hard time thinking Walker's going to be worth it. I thought Aiden Hutchison, although Hutch was a little uh, more of a one-year production profile, he found the right defense and put together the great pass rush, rush win rate, which I think translates really well. It was upward of 30%. While Walker was down in like the fifteen percent range, well below even George Karloftis, who I was so excited at the end of the first round was still there until pick thirty. I just think Walker is an interesting pick, man. I I, it's a tough first overall pick. There's so much projection there. Like, what's your gut tell you about that one?
1: You know, there were rumors that this was going to happen. To me, uh, I think it speaks to probably there was just, and you know, we can we can talk about this after this, but I think it speaks to the quarterback class uh, that they were forced to do this. Uh, I don't think that uh, this is something they would have done if they could have gotten a decent offer to move off the pick. Um, You know, it was mostly in my opinion, a buyer's market um, for teams that wanted to trade for picks and and move up uh, versus other years. I, I, It doesn't seem great, It doesn't seem great. Well, let's talk (laughs) about teams
0: that doubled up. Let's do that real quick. So, and talk about which teams we think won of those. Because usually the teams that you think come to mind as winners. And I should say, too, the Ravens. That was, I didn't say the Ravens. They took two guys. That's nine. They made the trade, the Hollywood Brown trade. That's nine. And the Titans. Didn't the Titans take two? Or am I wrong on that? Uh, So, the Titans picked 18. And maybe they didn't make another pick. Maybe they traded back out of a pick later. But they gave up AJ Brown. So it's like,
1: yeah, I know they yeah, had they I, we gotta look out. at
0: that. We gotta look at that yeah. trade because that was a bananas trade. But anyway, to the teams that took two players, Travon Walker, so the Jags will start with them. So they take Travon Walker at one and then they trade back up and take Devin Lloyd at 27. So that's one of your teams there. The other team, Detroit, has Aiden Hutchison at two, and then they trade with division rival. We'll talk about some of the trade compensations here in just a minute. Uh, division rival Minnesota to come back up to 12 to take Jamison Williams. So that's another the uh, the New York Jets end up with three guys in the first round. They take a Gardner four, Garrett Wilson 10 and Jermaine Johnson. The second pick 26 continuing down the line here. Boy, I thought the cave Thibodeau Evan Neal at picks five and seven for the Giants. That's a fun one. Two really oh, yeah. good players. And then let's keep going. The, the Saints now, um, the Texans. Yep. Good call. The Texans take Derek Stingley, who I loved. Yep. And the first part of the Deshaun Jackson compensation, or Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson compensation mm-hmm. is Kenyon Green with the 15th pick when they moved back a couple picks to allow the Eagles to come up and take Jordan Davis. So Kenyon Green is the first part of that first round compensation from the Browns. And then. The Saints, like we just said, they take they come up and take Chris Alave at 11 and Trevor Penning at 19. The um, let's see here that the Chiefs end up taking Trent McDuffie and then broke my heart and took George Karloftis at pick 30. The Ravens end up taking at 14. Kyle Hamilton, very good player. Tyler Linderbaum, also very good player. So they take those two. And then Green Bay takes Quay Walker and then Devontae Wyatt. And then am I missing anybody else with two picks? I think that's it. To me, the Giants and the Jets stand out most. I, I think the Giants and Jets really, really improved. The J- the Giants taking two early players in Thibodeau and Neal, and then I thought be going, out and going out and being able to get Gardner, Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson at the end of the first round coming up and getting him, those are the two teams that stand out most. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I would add Detroit to that. I think getting Hodge yeah, and, uh, and Williams, I think, it, is good. One interesting thing about those New York teams that I thought that was cool is uh, they got really really good players at opposite positions. You yeah. know, so you had uh, you had Sauce and you had um, Garrett Wilson. So you got cornerback, wide receiver um, with the Jets, and then you had um, you know. Um, And then you get the defensive line, offensive line um, with the Giants. And I think both of them were phenomenal in that regard. And, you know, I know that uh, the Jets have one more, but like the ones that I want to focus on are those. I think those were outstanding picks. I think those are really, really good players. And this is the draft. Obviously, we're talking everything is positive right now. Anything can happen coming on um, in their careers. But on draft day, those are outstanding picks, and you know when you add uh, when you add Detroit, um, who they get Hutch, and then they move all the way up for what I think is a pretty damn good deal. I think they got the better of the deal. Um, yeah, I'm, we'll talk I'm, about specifics of every trade yeah, in just a minute, right? Okay, yeah, and then they come up and get uh, Jamison. I mean, I mean those those three teams to me, uh, pretty hard to beat in terms of uh, what we're looking at on day one of the NFL draft.
0: And especially, too, because it's positions of win, like highly critical positions to winning, right? 100%. Which is is the interesting thing about, like, Green Bay. Okay, so Green Bay moves on from Marquez Valdez-Scantling and obviously the big Devontae Parker trade. And then it's like, geez, Devontae Adams. Boy, I'm struggling with names. It's late. Devontae Adams trade. And then they go and get Devontae Wyatt, a 24-year-old defensive tackle at pick 28, and took Quay Walker, a linebacker. It's like... (laughs) <laughs> it's just—it's so hard. Green. I've read now that it's been mm-hmm. 20 years. I hope I—I think I read this correctly, and I know you've got a little bit of Green, Day, Green Bay fandom from the far days oh, when yeah. the Browns were gone. No. I always yep. kind of pay attention to Green Bay too because they're just an iconic franchise. But it's like—I think I read, it's been 20 years since they've taken a wide receiver, a running yeah, it's back, Antoine Walker, Antoine Walker, wide Walker's receiver, blast. running back, or tight end in the first round.
1: That's correct. Yeah, That's and um, you know, and I would have—I would have screamed at anybody, um, you know, in my fandom, like I absolutely hated the first round selections of green bay the entire time i was a hardcore fan um they drafted horrendously um and it's not just because you know it's one thing to point out they never drafted any kind of an offensive skill position player you know but um you know they also chose poorly yeah (laughs) almost almost ubiquitously you know uh, so the Um, yeah, that's, uh, I was actually, what's interesting is I get on the plane for, uh, to Detroit and it's about midway through the first round. Um, I have one headphone in, I'm talking to my brothers on my headphones and, uh, but I only have the one in. So I go and sit down next to this guy and, uh, I, I was asking about the compensation for, uh, one of the trades and this guy next to me just instantly answers because he thought I was talking to him. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and then I just sparked up a conversation. He was a Packers fan, you know. And it's like, you know, Wyatt, I mean, we liked him, you know, as a potential second-round guy. Uh, but like you said, like, he's he's old, um, you know, so that's, that's tough. And it's not that you can't grab some of these uh, skill positions later. You know, they've certainly done a very good job of finding – pretty good wide receivers especially like in the rogers era more than anything else i mean they yeah. did get like donald driver um oh, like off so the, you many you know he was like homeless in a car they they found yeah. donald driver at the very end of um brett Favre's career you know but like from right then to uh like just like the last say two years of brett Favre's career until now they've done a very good job of finding wide receivers outside of the first round so they've done well there yeah, the uh, and Jordan Nelson's this... and, yes. and uh who's there um, still
0: came back Randall Cobb. I mean, sure. like there. here's their wide receiver room right now. I'm pretty sure it's Sammy Watkins, Amari Ooh. Rogers, Randall Cobb. And then I think I'm forgetting one more that uh, that might be important. Lizard. Oh, Lazard, Lazard, Allen Lazard. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, whew, yeah, it's tough when you just re-signed if- your old quarterback with a tiny window.
1: Now, you know, like things could look different by the end of the draft, plus, you know, if they end up making that move that's rumored to get Waller, that would be a monster difference. So we, we kind of yucked it up about that, too, because it was, um, you know, they are rumored to be trying to, they they were rumored to have had Waller in the first trade, but they couldn't get him to sign the uh, his, um, his franchise tag or, um, yeah, his offer sheet, so they couldn't trade him. So there, there's there's a lot of rumors going around that Waller may go to the Packers uh, for a second round pick, and that certainly changes the entire landscape here. And it does. Uh, you know, so we'll see how that happens. But I was talking to him about how you know they haven't had uh, a decent, you know, a really decent tight end since since Chewy, who anybody who is a Green Bay fan knows, um, basically got kicked out of the NFL for hitting on one of his daughter's friends in a hot tub. It's a seventeen year old girl and it basically got him kicked out of the entire league. Um
0: not great, Bob. He, not no, great.
1: No. No. He was not a great. very good he was a very good tight end too. Um but yeah, so it was funny, you know, to reach back that far. Anyway, so yeah, I think like uh just in terms of, you know, uh so we just did the best. Let's do the worst of the double picks.
0: Well, yeah, so the worst of the double picks I didn't have I didn't have many problems. With some of them, the Trent McDuffie thing with I thought that there were it with Booth available, and I and even thought his was was teammate kyler gordon was a better player I so i have a problem bad. with th- yeah i have a problem with and that you traded up for, for it exactly <laughs> and, but they did make up for it a little bit with Karloftis, so a lot yeah, um, yeah. i was so
1: mad because I, I was making fun of the KC. like it was my one tweet that i was able to get off in between uh <laughs> flights and i yeah. make fun of kc and then we're sitting there ready to take off and they take Karloftis and i'm like god
0: i was so it. bummed I, I was so bummed yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd, the, the, the 27th selection makes sense to me. I actually thought I was pretty stunned that New England didn't take him at 21 because it felt like they were moving back to try to get him at 29. And then I thought the New England pick of Cole Strange, an old prospect from the FCS at Chattanooga. If you have not seen it, go check out uh, the Rams draft press conference where on stage is McVay and their GM, and they see that pick live and their reaction to it and I did not the reaction we have oh it's great and they were talking about they liked him they were hoping to get him in their first pick was in their first picks in the 100s they were thinking he was realistic to take <laughs> there so <laughs> listen man pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff there the new england's one of my losers green bay's one of my losers it's it's hard to really pin down losers pittsburgh i mean let's let's do this we'll get to pittsburgh in a second but let's talk about let's talk about um uh, probably probably baltimore like baltimore i can see yeah, where we can people do that think. north yeah, I think people think Baltimore is a winner, and I'm fine with that. I think Linderbaum is a, is a good player. it has got some issues, I think, with the length, and I think there's an issue a little bit with how he'll fit in what Baltimore does because they're not a zone team. They're a They're a gap-heavy team, which is movement displacing people all the time, which is not if you go watch Linderbaum Iowa tape, like the highlights are of him moving in space and things like that because he's, he's such a great athlete, and I think he'll be fine for them. But then you take Kyle Hamilton, both good players, but in a vacuum, taking Kyle Hamilton at 14, that's fine. That's your pick. That's your original spot. Great. Cool. I can, get, I can get behind that Some people view Kyle Hamilton as one of the best players in this draft. Fine. But giving up Hollywood Brown, who's sort of found his way over the last few years, you, you give up Hollywood Brown and then you draft a center. And you're really not getting two positions that matter to winning all too much. And then you also pissed off Lamar Jackson, who tweeted out, you know, he retweeted some things and his (laughs) WTF tweet that he tweeted. So you've clearly scorned over a quarterback who doesn't have a long-term deal. And I know you can still keep him by means of the franchise tag and different things. But, like, it's just – it's not a bad draft. It's just a weird draft. So I'm like, you know, Baltimore always gets the credit of making the right picks, all these right – sometimes it can be, though, I think in this one where – you could look back and see that this could be a mini turning point for, for, for where Baltimore's hoping to go, right?
1: That definitely, yes. So we don't have the whole picture yet, obviously. But they have um, six
0: fourth round picks now. So there's that too. <laughs> yes.
1: Right. So, you know, it's always um, dangerous to, um, to judge too much on that first day, as you know. But uh, so I would say. Uh, I feel a little bit differently in that I like their trades. I like that they picked up the extra pick to move back. Uh, I also like the Hollywood Brown one. Honestly, I think that he was very. Yeah, I think he was very dicey. Uh, I think he was a fine player to keep. But if somebody is going to give you a first round pick on him, I think that you set well, that up. We
0: know who the first round pick is, though. Now, are you taking correct Hollywood no, Brown? No, or are you taking no, like, Linderbaum?
1: Let's do it. Well, true. But I'm going to just say, I'm going to take Hollywood Brown probably uh, in in that one. Right. But like, there's two things. Like, the trade happened first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, just from a strict value.
0: I um, thought originally they'd be getting Burks. If they'd have gotten like a trail on Burks there, right.
1: Uh, They could have, they could have gone a lot of different directions. Right. They could have gotten, uh, they could have gotten Karlaftis. Right. They could have. Yeah. Definitely. That, that would have been like my nightmare. Right. That's who or Jermaine I. Jermaine
0: Johnson was also yeah. a guy there to sure. consider too. Yeah.
1: So like, so that's what I thought they would do. So I think that their picks were okay at best. Like I think they're solid players. Um, you know, the safety is probably a little bit better um, certainly than, uh, than the center. Um, I think that their trades were good value wise in a vacuum. I think that they uh, the players that they picked Well, specifically the center not my favorite, you know, but, yeah. you know, honestly, I'm telling you right now, I was shocked to to hear that somebody was going to give a first round pick for Hollywood Brown in this market. Like, that's I was too. I, I, I was too. I was too.
0: I think there's a huge connection to, between Hollywood and, and, um, Kyler Murray, the, 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 that that mm. there's a draw there, and that okay. offensive fit I didn't even for how, think about that part. Yeah, there's like a really good fit for a ten personnel. How Hollywood plays in space and some of those things. So I think he's. I actually think Hollywood's an immensely more important player to somebody like Arizona replacing Kyler. Uh, sorry, replacing, um, what's his name? Just a huge deal down in Jacksonville, Christian Kirk. Like it, it, it can make oh, yeah. more sense Jesus. for them at that spot where Arizona looks at all the wide receivers that were taken, which ironically to relate it to your Browns, if you were sitting there saying, Hey man, the Browns will get this receiver that no Drake Jackson at eight, Garrett Wilson at nine, at 10, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Olave at 11, Jamison Williams at 12, all gone. So all those big names, you would have been stuck in the trail on Burks, Jahan Dotson territory. So, you know, that's, that's kind of funny looking back at that in hindsight Cleveland might've been the team that had to trade up to 11 with, with, um, was it the commanders? Yeah, they would have had to move up to maybe mm-hmm. 11 to secure a guy they wanted. But nonetheless, like when I originally saw that Baltimore trade, I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be a move back, get Burke scenario or Dotson. And I can see that replacement, kind of easy to see. And then all of a sudden, those guys are gone. Jahan Dotson, who as recently as just this week, I had selected at 44 in some mock drafts. And he goes 16, which is kind of funny. Washington has. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson—all these five eleven, six foot, one ninety receivers—just like an idea. They're just all clones, so they're going to be eleven personnel crazy. But um,
1: I just thought like you know, I just thought that um, personally it was, and I don't usually love, by the way. And the Titans did this. Um, I don't mm-hmm. really love the replacement type trade, you know, like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, I just think that the Baltimore, we'd be looking at this uh, entirely differently if they would have taken an edge player uh, between Jermaine Johnson or Karlaftis. Uh, I think that would have changed the entire look of of how well they did in the first round. As it is, I'd give them a B, um, and they could have done a a lot better.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was like a slam dunk. I, I definitely don't think that they're up there with some of the best of this draft, just partly because too, you are giving, I mean, they're wide receiver room. Now Rashad Bateman, who we like, we like Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be a fine mm-hmm. player, but then it's Devin Duvernay. And I mean, who, who else is, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you off the top But Prochet, Is he still there? Um, I think they took Tylan Wallace last year or the year before from Oklahoma state. It's not much. I mean, it's not for a team. No, that no they really they, yeah, you know, they have
1: work to do. They've got yeah. work to do there now. Like I said, like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, four or five shows ago, my favorite position in the draft is wide receiver for a reason is because there's there's guys all up and down the draft. And so, um, you know, if we and I, you know, I don't know what your plans are, but, you know, we had originally talked about doing maybe like Saturday or something like that. I'd love to be talking after uh, day two of the draft with you. I would love to see how this looks in day two. So, yeah, we'll do that. We'll keep we'll yeah. keep
0: linking up on this through the weekend if we can yeah. Um it, yeah, the pictures incomplete on Baltimore. They they have another I think they picked up another third round pick from the trade there to move from from move Hollywood. So they got a first and a third. So they'll have opportunity. So we'll see what they end up with, but for now them not getting a direct replacement, which is at least something is is crazy. We'll we'll, we'll talk about this real quick because the player trades in this. I mean, moving AJ Brown, who I think is Phenomenal, and he's 24. I just thought moving him. There's two things I want to talk about with the AJ Brown because it was the biggest stunner of the night, in my opinion. Moving AJ Brown after a week or two after the head coach stood on the podium and said, "We are not moving him." Can we? Can we do this, John? Can we stop believing what people say in front of a microphone? You, you, you (laughs) have, and this was huge during the Baker Mayfield situation. Do you have an opinion one way or two you think it's going to go? You have a, a belief in the way that a player's future in your team is going to be. The GM gets up on the microphone and says something or head coach says something. Stop believing everything people say. It is smokescreen season all day, every day in the NFL. So stop. Stop believing that stuff <laughs> until there's a pen and paper. Stop believing that stuff. So the Eagles go out. They make this deal. I think it's a great deal for Philly. They still don't have their quarterback solved. And that's another thing, too. Back to, like, the winners of this draft. Love what the Jets did. Love what the Giants did. But their quarterback situations are still a mess. And it might not even matter, right? Like, you can have these great drafts. But if you have Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson, then Zach Wilson could get better. But, you know, like, it might not matter, John. Like, it might not matter because you don't have the important position solved. And that's a thing. And that's what this draft was – weird about we're going to talk in a minute about one quarterback taken in the first round of this draft that's bananas that only one guy selected but you know I think that the Eagles really did well with that trade I would I mean they signed him instantly and there's a lot to talk about around that trade but I mean well yeah we, and the, let's know. think
1: about this too because it's been a crazy off season, and I'm uh you know I'm a big um, proponent in saying that uh some of the worst trades that you can make are the um, are the trade for top player who is needing a second contract right after you trade for them. So you trade premium picks, and then you have to sign a premium contract. I yep. think it's very hard to get any kind of value out of that kind of a trade, right? And while we've seen that, um, you know, with Devonte Adams, we saw that with Tyreek Hill. Um, this. Uh, A.J. Brown trade, to me, clearly, clearly is the best of the three. Best yeah. of the three. He, Which they
0: resigned tra- him instantly. Four years, $100 million, I think, was the number. Something like that. Right.
1: And, you know, but you traded him for less, you know, less picks than either of those other guys. And he's five years younger than either. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, I mean, that's a home run. Like, if you're going to find the value... That's the way to do it. It's not to trade for a 30 year old wide receiver, um, multiple premium picks, and then sign for huge money. All right. This guy's. Or a fifth rounder.
0: Fifth rounder for Amari Cooper looking better by the day, too.
1: Every single day it looks better. Holy crap. You know, like it's Nostradamus type, you know, uh, mythical kind of status, you know, trading for Amari Cooper. I mean, right now, when they traded for him, he was, what was he? He was like uh, second or. He was second or third in uh, average annual value, yeah, uh, for the, that contract, right? Yeah. and he's already—is he out of the top five at this point? Well, the, yeah,
0: the, it's it's pretty close. I haven't looked at that exactly. He's probably fringe top five. Plus, they converted a lot of that money, yeah, to uh, to no. a bonus anyway. So,
1: it's <laughs> yeah, wild. let me tell you, like that—that's a damn good deal. Look, you know, right now, and like it's just been an insane wide receiver market. And again, you know, what was my comment to you on? You know, uh, on the AJ Brown trade, you know, blame it on Jacksonville and that yeah.
0: freaking Christian, Christian Kirk Gold. contract. Yeah, I think
1: that really is just what set a. It was like a snowball down a mountain. Yeah, I really do think that
0: it was that. That market has moved. The the market has moved like crazy. Let's cl- let's close with two guys, two teams in the, in the first round, then what we're going to do after we're going to close with what the Bengals and Steelers did. Then we'll, we'll shift over, take a quick break. We'll shift over and talk about all the trades. We'll just kind of give a winner and loser of the trade uh, instantaneously. Then we'll get to your, your Browns topics. I know you guys want to hear from us. So the Steelers take Kenny Pickett. I was pretty stunned. I thought everything aligned. This is back to my original point leading up to this draft, man. It was like the Steelers love Malik Willis. Uh, Colbert loves him. And, 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 uh, you know, uh, Tomlin is all in on this guy. They're fawning over him at this pro de- They take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think Kenny Pickett is kind of fine. He's had a, he had a nice year last year. He Whatever. screams career backup to me. I've never been. This is I kind of say this, and I and I don't mean to knock the team that we care about here. But this was a Cleveland Browns quarterback draft player like this was a Brandon Whedon. This is that you're wanting to believe that you got this 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 safe quarterback in the 20s. And you believe that he will be okay for you. And you didn't like to not having the evidence we have, John, of what toolsy quarterbacks can do for you and not taking Willis to me is just bizarre. I cannot believe they didn't swing for the fences there. Like, how much better is Pickett going to be than Trubisky or Mason Rudolph? I cannot see it being that much better. Can't. Now, I could look like an idiot in two, three years when we run this pod back and Kenny Pickett's tearing up the NFL or something, but I just don't see it. So I have no fear of that selection whatsoever. Hey,
1: what did we ask for, Jake, like months ago? What Quarterback did, purgatory. We... Yes, yes, we, <laughs> we have been asking for this. And to me, you know, uh, on draft day, you know, you can't see the future, but uh, today, prayer answered. <laughs> right? yeah, you feel That's... good about it right now. I I'm, do. I'm good do. with that.
0: If the football gods really hate Cleveland, and it's possible, the football gods just might forever hate Cleveland, they'll make Kenny Pickett figure it out. They'll just have oh Kenny God. Pickett figure it out. And if that happens in a couple of years, we'll just be like, "This. what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we even talking about this team? Because it just reeks of a player that doesn't figure it out. And that's not like that offense is just ready-made for a quarterback to come in and dominate. I mean, they have a nice oh, no. receiver in Deontay Johnson, but the offensive line is a wreck. Like, I just... I don't I don't know, man. I have a hard time seeing that how that's just going to work out magically. But it is Pittsburgh and everything sometimes seems to turn up positively. But for now, I just can't believe Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken and especially can't believe Pittsburgh took him after the lead up to the draft. The other one is that's Hill. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. Hold
1: on, though. Before we even move on from that, let's like just, you know, take a second to appreciate the fact that, um, you know, we just had only one quarterback taken in a rookie wage scale era yeah you know bananas. like it's it's insane like the kind of value that you can get from rookie qb contracts uh is widely studied pretty established at this point like it's it's not even close like when you talk about even the the premium positions like edge rusher and cornerback and wide receiver and those things they don't even come they don't even enter the same stratosphere as the kind of value that um, quarterback contracts provide and that's only going to keep widening you know we have big big quarterback contracts on the horizon that are only going to widen that gap and we saw a uh, a quarterback draft with one quarterback taken it is bananas that that is a really 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 insane and it can't be undersold like that is crazy and everybody who thought uh, pretty poorly of this quarterback class which I am one you know boy was that an indictment the NFL clearly agrees like I mean really really agrees probably too much honestly you yeah. know that's probably they they probably lean too far like I don't think that that's probably correct <laughs> That only one of these quarterbacks were taken even though I don't think any of this class is very interesting just the straight value proposition that quarterback contracts offer. Um, I think that uh this was a mistake by the NFL, even though I hate all these quarterbacks, <laughs> I still think it was a mistake.
0: That's well said. It's 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 a mixture of teams at the end of the first round not needing them, teams being surprised like you and I are that teams aren't willing to move up to get them at the end of the first round because you get that fifth year option availability, right? It's and pretty a crazy. Market. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that we didn't see some teams move up. Because if you look at the end of the first round, I mean, the Saints not taking... I think teams that were possible. Saints didn't take a quarterback. Um, I thought the Commanders could, but they just made a trade for wins. Uh, we'll see. I know how that's going to go. <laughs> I thought the Titans were a long shot at 26 after they took Burks. I thought they could at 26, but they moved that pick to the Jets. So they were in play to me. And then uh, I didn't think Green Bay was going to be dumb enough not dumb enough but crazy enough to re-up on quarterback i you know they'd have to move jordan love or something so they were out obviously um just looking looking at teams that's that's what i thought the the one team i was going to say is the vikings i thought and they could still the vikings because they have pick 34 we're going to talk about how the all the top of the second round is altered the vikings would be a team to me that would be smart they just took kellen mond i believe who's I mean, they're, they've outwardly been vocal about it. Their staff was before fired that he was terrible. So maybe they'll look again to, uh, re-up the lottery picket. But I mean, it's like Willis, Ritter, Coral or Corral, however that's pronounced. Those are the guys that scream available to me. Like that's it. Two more things I want to hit on before we close out the first round. I mean, Daxton Hill, I thought he would have been a nice player for Cleveland. I'm pretty surprised Hill ended up going in the first round. I mean, he's a nice player think he can be a slot for them even though they have mike hilton i think you can find a spot for him next to jesse bates but i think the, the universal thought was that they were going to go tight in with trey mcbride but they decided against it and win hill i actually think it's pretty smart for cincinnati to keep going after defensive talent because i think their offensive talent's going to be fine like i just think they're going to keep finding ways to score points for the most part so agree taking shots on db's is but that should have been booth smart. right i mean that should have been yeah both. yeah we're gonna to get to guys that were stunned that got out of that round yeah. but booth yeah. and kyler gordon getting out of the first round or pretty big surprises booth, especially he thought he would go to Buffalo, Buffalo takes Elam. I was pretty stunned that, that, you know, we Agreed. talked earlier, Kansas city, but anyway, that's kind of the end of the first round. Okay. So we'll close with trades and we'll just go real quick, like almost lightning round version here. I'll tell you what trade happened and you tell me whether you, what team you think won. So the first one of the night was Washington giving up 11, and New, uh, New Orleans moved up from 16. So Washington gave up 11, moved back to 16, and they gave uh, they got back 16, a third-rounder pick 98, and a fourth-rounder pick 120. We know the result of pick 11 that was moved up for New Orleans to take Chris Alave, and the commanders took Jahan Dotson at 16. Who do you think won that one?
1: I think uh, the commanders did. Um, okay. I think they picked up picks, and I'm not exactly sure who – the saints were afraid of taking Olave, but clearly they had somebody in mind that would have taken them. Maybe the Uh, Texans, maybe possibly. I just, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to definitely go with the commanders on that one.
0: Okay. So Minnesota trades 20, they move up. Okay. Minnesota is at 12. Originally Detroit moves up to 12. They also give up, uh, the, the, trying to think of the best way to phrase this. So Detroit's, It uh, picks the 23 and 32 and 34. So they give those two picks and an additional third round pick, pick 66 to Minnesota for pick 12 and pick 46. So Minnesota has 32, 34, and now Minnesota will also be able to pick up uh, 66, but they also gave up 46. And now I think you would lean that this was a win for the lions. As we know, they ended up with Jamison Williams, but you know, it's actually balanced out a little more. It was like four, on the on the point scale trade, it was like 475 Minis, um, for Detroit and 435 for Minnesota. Throwing in that extra number 46 was was certainly ind- indicative of what we were talking earlier, that it was not great for sellers.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, it's just a, a thing where clearly, um, clearly they didn't value Jameson Williams as much as Detroit because you're dealing in, inside the own your own division and then uh, it seems like they just wanted more picks Um, and they wanted it bad enough to even take a small loss you know it's not a huge like lopsided type thing but you know for i gotta tell you like we're gonna have to keep watching but like queasy is not impressing me so far with what he's doing over in Minnesota to be totally honest, like uh, when you take the totality of his moves during the off season, the roster moves and everything like this, and then you add this as a, as a trade Um, you know, if you thought you were getting, you know, a a chunk of the braid trust over in the, at the Browns I, you know, I, I, I would not be happy with this as a Browns fan.
0: I'm a little lukewarm. I'm a little lukewarm on Questy so far. So, yeah. I mean, essentially you're giving up 12 and 46 for 32 and 34, but, but the, the, really the thing you gain is pick 66 out of that. I mean, it's not, it's not a great, and by the way you traded a
1: third round pick just to get queasy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs>
0: oh, and Yeah. That too. That know. too. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Next one is Houston trades 13 to Philly for number 15. So, uh, the Texans move back from that pick the Browns gave them as the part of the Watson deal. the The Eagles come up from fifteen. They uh, they also give up, so the Texans get back a fourth round pick and two fifth rounders. They give up as well, or sorry, the Texans get back that that pick one twenty four, one sixty two, and one sixty six. Houston moves up, sorry, Philly moves up. I'm not phrasing these well. Philly moves up for Jordan Davis, and in that, Houston gains those three picks 124 162 166 just to fall back two spots now they took Kenyon green which uh, i think i don't know i kind of like that deal for houston though what do you think
1: yeah uh, so i i always like to split these up i don't like to necessarily combine them because i think they're two different things here so i would say that houston clearly got a a good deal to move back two spots Uh, i don't love their pick
2: so, yeah, you know, like I,
1: I consider those two two separate things. I I definitely uh and I, you know, Philly um that that might be a very good player for them. And you know they value the defensive line over there and I think that could work out pretty darn well for them, but I think just on strict pick pick value, um that's a very good trade for the Texans. They just in my opinion screwed up the pick.
0: Yeah, agreed. I do like getting back those picks. So, the next trade is uh, the the run of human beings being traded here. So the Cardinals end up giving up number 23 and number 100 for Hollywood Brown in a vacuum. As you said earlier, I'm taking that trade for, for Baltimore. Cause you can, I mean, that's good. You know, for a guy like this, Hollywood's going into year four, you got to decide his fifth year option after this year, actually going into this year. I don't know that they even decided his fifth year option. So, I like the trade for Baltimore. I don't like the result for Baltimore because I would have liked them to have replaced him. Maybe they will later. But to me, I'd lean Baltimore wins that trade. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, on, I mean, uh, the just on a strict, um, you know, ignoring who they, they picked with, uh, you know, the first round pick that they got. Honestly, like uh, the thing that flashed in my mind was Trent Richardson. Like yeah. if you, if, if you can get a first round pick plus for a player that's already in the league and his, you know, he, I mean, he's a, he's a decent player, uh, but, uh, you get a first round pick plus, I mean, you make that deal in an instant. Uh, so, I mean, I was, I was amazed that the Cardinals would give that kind of, uh, I mean, just like compare it to AJ Brown. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that, like yeah. who, who got the better deal? trading for AJ Brown or trading for Marquise Brown. I mean there's no there's no comparison there. in my opinion.
0: I, I like it, the player. Like I said earlier, I like the player for the Cardinals, but I haven't looked at their wide receiver room, man. I thought you could have solved this in free agency and kept those two picks. So it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, they they have they I mean, have, have Rondell Moore. A, I forgot about they had Rondale Moore. So they have they Rondale have Moore, Hopkins and AJ Green. Amount,
1: a massive 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 amount of resources between money and picks in wide receiver. Uh, since, uh, what's his name, became the head coach. Um, wow. It's, you know, a, a huge, huge, huge amount of, I don't think that there's, you know, I'd love to to add this up and I think I will and I'll post something uh, like I sometimes do under the, uh, the show notes, you know, because these guys, I'm not sure that I've ever seen a team invest this much in wide receiver over this many years as the Cardinals have.
0: That's insane. They've just given Kyler Murphy. Isabella,
1: weapons. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they traded for Nuke. You know, I mean, like, think about what they've given like it's insane. I'm gonna add this up and it's going to be bonkers between it's a lot nuke. Of resources. Uh oh yeah. Oh, it's 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 crazy how much they've invested in wide receiver and they're just not getting their money's worth to this point. And I don't think that uh, Hollywood
0: Brown changes that. Yeah, they must be set to live in ten personnel. I mean, just live in it. I'm talking like to Seriously. get value out of Rondale, AJ Green. I mean, I guess you could swap AJ Green and Zach Ertz out. Like those two guys, I guess you could be interchangeable. But that's wild. Um, again, I like. I think that Hollywood can have a nice fit for the Cardinals. I mean, I think there's a role there. It's just like who the value and of like that you is pointed so out before cute. the
1: show. You know, there's there's obvious connections
0: uh, from Oklahoma. Yeah, Excuse me. Yeah, Oklahoma definitely. there. And, so. And And it does show the paradox in the league. There are teams that are willing to say, we'll let you walk. We'll take picks to replace you. Some teams are all in on paying their receivers. There's a weird – this offseason has been so weird for receivers. And another – like we said earlier, the other wide receiver trade, which is you know, Philly going up to 18 for A.J. Brown. So uh, they gave their second first-round pick, Philly did, which was number 18 in a fourth rounder, pick 101 for A.J. Brown. I just listen. I think it's rare because I, I know people like. I get it. Giving you, you automatically give AJ Brown a new contract, but the 18th pick, 24, and a fourth and a fourth rounder for a 24 year old proven dude in this league. Like I just lean Philly won that trade. I just think they did. Is I got a
1: funny one. Is is AJ Brown younger or older than Wyatt?
0: Oh, God, let's check Devontae Wyatt's uh, age. <laughs> Devontae Wyatt. Let's do this. We're doing this live. Devontae Wyatt was on March 31st, 1998. Okay. A.J. Brown, June 30th, 1997. So A.J.'s a little older, but they're <laughs> exactly the same. It's like it's like A.J. is uh, a little bit younger than Denzel Ward. So that's like the young Players, you're talking. I mean, Denzel Ward's still 24. I mean, just I think he turns. Actually, I think today's Denzel's birthday. Matter of fact, the 28th. So, yeah, age matters, man. Age matters. And back to like, oh, I can't believe what the Packers did. Anyway, I think that's a pretty <laughs> slam dunk Philly deal that I would love, and I think most of Phillies in love. And the reaction of folks who I follow who do Titans coverage could not believe that trade happened either. Especially like we said earlier, given the issues with the recent statements from management there. Um New England trades back from twenty one, which I just think this ends up being a disaster. I just I, I cannot fathom how this worked out for them, but um so let's read it exactly as it's written up. So Casey came up eight picks and also sent over number ninety four and one twenty one to New England for pick twenty one. so they get back ninety four and one twenty one. now again, having the result of what New England did at twenty nine don't love it, so I'm trying to keep New England's losing first-round grade out of it because I do like getting 94 and 121 to slide back eight picks, but if they were looking for guys like Devin Lloyd who are a fit for that, because I think Jacksonville jumped in front of New England to take Devin Lloyd personally because Devin Lloyd just screams New England Patriot. I do think I liked the trade for New England overall. What do you think?
1: It is. You know, raw deal, I think that New England got the better of it including the picks. This was a lose lose trade for both of them in my yeah. opinion. The results
0: do tell us that, yes. Yeah. I agree. Um Baltimore trades 23 to Buffalo for 25. So it was pretty simple. They moved up two spots. Did Buffalo they also gave Baltimore pick 130. So I said earlier it gave Baltimore their sixth fourth round pick. I mean, you know, it gives Buffalo the corner they wanted. I still think they could have said it sat at 25 and got him who was pick 24 let me see mm-hmm. here pick 24 was tyler smith i don't think dallas was taking another corner so it's interesting that they jumped up to take elam i like elam plenty young guy good player i guess this is i mean is it, is it a coin flip i mean you get back 130 i don't know yeah fine, I mean, i'm usually
1: a fan of these i you know just go ahead and pick up an extra pick um yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, so I think that, you know, raw deal. I definitely think that um, uh, Baltimore wins this. But, you know, at the same time, when you look at the guys that were taken afterwards and you think about the fact that Baltimore could have had a Jermaine Johnson or a Karlaftis, uh, it's hard for me to give them a, a high grade taking a center there. Um, I, I know that he might be very good. And, and you know, like the uh, center's taking – taken around this type of pick um have a good history of being excellent players for a very long time and uh then you know in that case it might be tough to argue with it but you know as you were saying um you know before we got on uh, the style isn't quite what baltimore really does you know uh, most people have litter as is more of his own guy and and they yeah. run gap schemes. you know and this is your comments that i'm just regurgitating here but i I think they're good points
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how those i mean the linderbaum pick pans out i just he's a good player he's a really good player it's just a matter of fit and whether he's worth you know centers in the first round i'm just kind of like and over those premium
1: positions like i just it's really hard for me to you know to give them a big a big grade for you know a center when you had premium position players that were highly um you know, highly thought of there. I just, I would uh, have hated Carloftus
0: take... to end up there. just would have hated oh,
1: it. I know I was sweating it. I mean, it just seemed like it was destiny. I thought, Agreed. you know, like you knew they were going to take him, and uh, then they didn't. And I'm happy, you Me know, they want to take the center. Um, you know, he might be a very good player for a long time and I could still be happy with this as a Browns fan. Uh,
0: yeah, I agree. So let's look at Tennessee. There's two more trades. Tennessee trades 26 to New York. So this is a big jump for the jets. So, The Jets jump up to 26 in the first round. Tennessee trades 26 in their third round or 101. The Jets trade back 35, a third round 69. And so it's essentially like this. You you take 26 and 101, you swap them for 35 and 69, but you also then get an additional fifth round pick, which is 163. The Jets come up to get Jermaine Johnson. I don't know. I think that's fine i mean going from you know i think what is it going from 101 to 69 is a pretty good move up but jermaine johnson would have been a fine pick there for them and there's other guys out there that i think tennessee could have benefited from but maybe it'll work out for him this is one where i'm like i definitely like moving up from both sides and you get a pick so i it's kind of a coin flip trade nine picks up though 30 35 to I, i imagine on the jj in uh the other the PFF grade chart would be a pretty even trade, would you think?
1: Yeah, I feel like this this got to be one of the closer ones.
0: Yeah, agreed. Last one is Tampa Bay trading twenty seven to Jacksonville, so Jacksonville trades back into the first round. They get they send back pick thirty five, um, which that might be a typo because <laughs> the other pick was there just thirty five. So I'm not sure which one that was. Um, let me see here. I can pull up the trade or the second round pecking order it's probably pick 33 is what they meant to say so pick 33 a fourth rounder 106 and the sixth rounder 180 tampa bay gives up 27 and that's it so they get back 35 106 and 180 for pick 27 for pick 33 i actually lean toward liking that for tampa i think that's a good return i agree 106 And and 180
1: and I just I I'm, I just can't get with moving up for a linebacker. You know, like even when even when the Browns moved up to get JOK, um, they didn't give up a pick. They gave up value, but they didn't give up a pick. They got equal equal on the picks. And um, you know, I just uh, I think one of the worst Steelers moves that they made is going to get Devin Bush. Yeah, uh,
0: I agree. you know,
1: like uh, I just don't believe in. Um, you know, giving up multiple picks to go up and grab a linebacker. And uh, we'll see how that goes.
0: This is what I wanted to close on earlier. Couldn't remember it. Okay. We're going to look at Dane Brueger's top 100 board. Biggest movers up or down. So as I go through the top 10, no surprises. Kyle Hamilton going from his sixth player to the 14th pick, a bit of a surprise. Derek Stingley, his 14th player for Dane on his The Beast draft guide, going all the way up at third. So obviously that's a surprise for him. Jermaine Johnson, his 11th overall player, goes 26. Uh, the big jump or fall in this regard would be Devin Lloyd is his 9th overall player, goes 27. Trent McDuffie was 12 for Dane and actually goes 21, so we were we're too low, apparently. Loftus was 18th for Dane, so he goes 30. Otherwise, the biggest ones were Cole Strange. Number 73 on his top 100 going 29. That's the biggest one by far. Let me see if there's any others that But what is, you know, out. like,
1: what's wild to me about that, that you just rattled off, is what does a Devin Lloyd have to do to be number nine in a draft? Like, I just, I don't see, I don't see the path to being the ninth best prospect in this draft. Like, I mean, let's
0: without being, let's read what Dane says. All right. So he says overall Lloyd doesn't have to come off the field with his impressive blend of instincts, chase speed and explosiveness to blitz. Play the run and cover. He projects as a scheme proof NFL starter with a better version of chargers. Kenneth Murray still that ninth ranked grade seems pretty strong on a guy who's really does. 23 and a half over 23 and a half. He'll be 24 September 30th. So he's older too. Yikes. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying that person. I just don't love it. And I, I, love, I like,
1: you know, Then that slamming, you know. No.
0: Grugler is no, uh,
1: one of the best in the business. You yeah. know, I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not buying this particular one.
0: Well, the NFL agrees. I mean, they got him as 27 in the Correct. draft. So, Jahan Dotson was ranked 25th. He jumped up to pick 16th. Um, Jordan Davis goes from 24 to, what was that, 13? I think Jordan Davis went, so he moved up. Kenny Pickett is the thirtieth overall player. His first quarterback, though, first graded quarterback, goes twenty. Dax Hill twenty down to thirty one on the board. I'm trying to see if there is any other first round picks that. What about Minnesota's? Tyler Smith was fifty on Dane's board. The sixth graded offensive tackle, he goes what twenty three to Dallas, mm. and then Kyer Elam is his fifth graded corner, number forty five on his big board, goes twenty one to Buffalo. I think was that twenty one or twenty three? I think it was twenty three. Twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. Um, anyone else that was a surprise what about, pick?
1: What, what about um, uh, Minnesota's pick at thirty-two?
0: Who did they take again? Lewisine. Cien. Lewisine's a good player, man. He has him as thirty-third on the big board, and he went thirty-two.
1: Okay, so that was right there. Okay.
0: Yep. So guys that are still available as we move on, because we're going to move on in just a second. Actually, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, sponsors, and then we will come back and start talking about picks around forty-four guys available on the top of the draft order. We'll be right back.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
0: Okay, guys that are still available that makes sense given this top. I'm trying to look at his top 30 of guys maybe that haven't been selected. I see pretty much every player here has been selected. The first one that comes up that hasn't been selected, Andrew Booth at 26. Arnold Ebokedi, the Penn State edge at 28, Nakobi Dean who is at the draft here, great suit, great outfit. Pick 20, he's on 29 on the big board. Malik Willis is 32. Then Travis Jones, Kenneth Walker, Bernard Raymond, the tackle, Logan Hall. We'll talk about these guys in a second. But there's not any massive missed values there. There are guys that jumped up, the Cole Stranges of the World and some others here, but you know, 45 for Kyrie Elam is again Kyer Elam, 45, Tyler Smith, 50, and Cole Strange, 73 are your biggest movers by far. So Just want to give you guys an update on that. The top of the second round has now changed due to the three trades. So now you have, instead of Jacksonville at 33, you have Tampa. I would imagine Tampa is looking defensive line ish or secondary would be another angle for them. Agreed. Minnesota pick 34. Now they took the trade with the lions, Minnesota, what are you thinking? Maybe we were talking quarterback earlier. They could be hunting yeah, quarterback. I
1: don't see, you know, I mean, if they like Malik Willis, that's a that's a value for them. It is. And the
0: same with Tennessee. Tennessee's a sneaky quarterback destination. Pick 35. True, true. So how they're is, also there.
1: Uh, how old is Tanhill? He's 35. He's, he's, he's youngish. He's youngish.
0: But he's also clearly was an issue last year in games that mattered. Bengals game specifically. Not a good year for Tanhill last year. So then you have everything else is held steady. Giants, Texans, Jets, Bears, Seahawks, Seahawks, Colts, Falcons. Now teams that are looking wide receiver. I think the Texans are a sneaky wide receiver team. I think the Giants are a sneaky wide receiver team. I think the te- the Titans could double up. The teams though that reek reek and I mean have to take a receiver. The Bears at 39 And now that the uh, Falcons took Drake London, that leaves it 42, the Colts. Those are two heavy wide receiver leaning teams, okay, like heavy. So if you really want to get in front of somebody for a wide receiver, even if you let – there's two spots. Pick 38 to the Jets, pick 41 with the Seahawks, right? Those are two spots if you're hellbent on a wide receiver. I don't know if the Browns are, but if you were, those are the guys. Real quick, I'm going to update you on picks 44 in recent drafts. Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky last year talked a lot about him. Year before, we all know Grant Delpit was a pick, pick forty four in twenty nineteen. Elton Jenkins was there from Mississippi State's had a nice career in in Green Bay. Uh 2018, Dante Pettis, boy, I liked Pettis. Did you like Pettis?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Not I as much as some other
0: people. I liked him a little too much. I don't want to admit. I don't want to admit too much idiocracy on my end, but I liked him. Uh, 2017 was tight end Gerald Everett, went to the Rams. Nice run there. And mm-hmm. then years before that, other notable pick 44. These are some fun blasts from the past names. Kawan Short, Matt Forte, <laughs> running back from Chicago. Sidney Rice to the Vikings. Bob Sanders to the Colts. Nice. Charles Bentley, we know that connection, to the Saints in 2 What else do we got here? Patrick Sertan to the Dolphins in 98. Sam Madison, what a two-year run for pick 44 corners for the Dolphins. Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, 97 and 98, man, <laughs> pick 44 knowledge for you folks out there. So let's talk about best available, man. I think it's interesting. A lot of the D line names that we have been interested in are still there. You know, Travis Jones, Logan Hall, guys that we have really, really liked are all still all still sitting there trying to look at this list again. Do you want me to read these off, John? That's probably best. Yeah, I'll read it. off a couple lists. So, N'Kobe Dean, Malik Willis, Andrew Booth, Brees Hall. We're eliminating running backs. We don't care about those right now. Arnold Ebiketti we talked about. David Ajabo, still there, first-round grade. Hurt, needs time. Kyler Gordon, Washington corner boy, Maffe, who's a heck of an edge, just a little older. Christian Watson, North Dakota State. Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Travis Jones. Then I'm not going to read those last two because they don't matter. Other names, Cameron Thomas, San Diego State. Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. Roger McCreary, Drake the, the uh, yeah, Drake Jackson, edge from USC. Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn. Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma, defensive tackle. Okay, other guys, George Pickens, John Mechie, both available. Alec Pierce, Cincinnati, we like. The whole tight end draft is there. Trey McBride and all the above. Tons of talent, man. Tons of talent. What you have to hope for is Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, all sitting there, right? We need a run on quarterbacks. Run on quarterbacks at the top of this thing would help. That would that would be great if some teams moved up. And then some, some guys like Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, the Spiller kid from Texas A&M. You want some of those guys to go. Because if your pick is, you know, between Watson, Pickens, Mechie, Sky Moore, and Alec Pierce, those guys can all help. And between – Logan Hall, Travis Jones, Drake Jackson, Kingsley and Agbury, a lot of defensive ends that can help, too. So I'm actually pretty optimistic. It doesn't seem let me put it this way. It doesn't seem like many of the names we didn't think were going to be there are going to be there. Loftus was the one who was sliding. He didn't make it out of the first round. He would have been a trade up guy for me. You're Otherwise, great. I kind of think they're going to either sit still at 44 or potentially, John, move back a little bit and gather some more picks. What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I definitely see that, especially if for God knows what reason, if they end up in a position uh, where Booth is still there on the board uh, when they come up, uh, I think that it's it's pretty hard for me to uh, argue against him being the best player at a premium position that makes sense for the Browns, uh, excuse me, like, that makes sense for any team, uh, but we don't need that guy at that position. And, and so I could see like, that would be a guy if he's still sitting there uh, at 44, um, I could absolutely see a, a trade back. Also that there's a, a number of edge players that would maybe allow them to say, well, we've got two or three guys that we really like. He can move back on that uh, accord, you know? So like, those are the things that I'm really seeing. It's hard for me to see wide receiver here, honestly. You know, yeah. I see edge. Um, I see edge and I see a trade back. Um, and I'll right. tell you, like, I, I'm very surprised that, that, that Booth is there.
0: Me too. Me too. I think I think the most logical things are sitting still at 44, taking a guy, like you said, a young pass rusher, potentially if the right wide receiver that they have fallen in love with. I'm not here to tell them who that is. They got their guy. I could see them taking that guy at 44 but I still think the realm of possibility is moving back. I don't see a great move forward potential here. I don't see a Agreed. JOK for them. I really don't see no, that, that player out there. So we've given you the names of everybody that matters in the second round. You know, they're going to have three picks, 44, 78, 99. 118 in the fourth round, right? So yeah, they'll only get those three picks. The 99 will be right up. Do we get a pick at the beginning of the draft and middle of the draft and the end? So you got to stick around all day for everything that, uh, that Cleveland decides. But, you know, you would love to see them get a pass. Like in an ideal world, you were able to get D end wide receiver and then a defensive interior guy at some point, too. I'm not here to project who those picks are going to be. I don't love to do that. It's really not my favorite thing in the world to do. There's a lot of names out there we love at the top of this thing. I think the most fun thing is to react to these things, and that's what John and I will try to do, is to get together again tomorrow night, go through the three picks that were made and have a conversation around the guys that were up at those spots, who they could take, you know, like an outcome, John, that would be fun is if you went wide receiver, somebody like George Pickens. Could you get Perry on Winfrey later, right? Could you get Mm -hmm. Cameron Thomas that would be a good like outcome. And then or if you went, if you went pass rusher early like Logan Thomas, could you get John Mechie at 78? Could you get Alec Pierce at 78? That's kind of the the flip-flop outcome, right? Those two, those outcomes would make a lot of sense to me. Like an edge rusher like or interior guy like Logan Hall or Drake Jackson, and then getting a Mechie Pierce, Khalil Shakir type. You know, that would be great. Then you'd have some freedom with your 99th pick if you wanted to go another guy at one of those opposite interior, sorry, opposite D-line positions. Or get crazy and take a coverage player safety or somebody like a Nick Cross or a tight end, right? There's a lot of really fun names out there. Any thoughts on players you're interested there? Is it better to just have us get together and react later?
1: Yeah, I mean, like Drake Jackson, Logan Hall. That would be... That would be quite uh, nice for me. Like, like uh, you know, dream team, like maybe it'd be Drake Jackson, Logan Hall, uh, Pierce. That, you know, maybe that's uh, dreaming too big, but uh, I would be quite happy with that result.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. We've gone on an hour here. We've given you all the first round coverage we can, picks, teams, trades, all of it. We'll look tomorrow. Tomorrow's where it gets really fun, guys. Well, you're fr- you're listening to this on Friday. This is where it gets really fun. They make the picks. We get to look at the players around them. We get to hear their reactions live. The Browns send their scouts out or Andrew Barry will come out since these are their first picks and they'll give us real insights into why they like these guys. That's the fun stuff. So we'll be here to cover it. It's an hour earlier. So it will be seven o'clock East coast time tonight for you. It'll be four o'clock my time. So it would be plenty of time for John and I to get together. Maybe we'll just make it an all weekend thing, John chat all three Sounds nights. Good to me. And we will break down what the Browns do, the picks they make, the decisions they, they end up putting out there and, I think it's going to be a pretty wild day. 3 picks is a fun day in a 3-hour span. Maybe they end up making more because they swap back or something like that. So, we'll be here to cover all of it for you guys. I appreciate John. I appreciate you taking your time, my friend, It's it was very late on the East Coast. Um always enjoy having you on my 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 uh my friend.
1: Yeah, no. Thanks, you know. Uh, luckily, I was uh, you know, of Good sound mind coming through uh, after a long day today. So (laughs) it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm excited. It's the draft. That's why, you know, that's the only reason that I could be up at two in the morning um, after getting up at uh, four this morning. So uh, I'm going to have a good weekend uh, and I will uh, come on as many times as you'll have me.
0: Yeah, we'll have John on all three nights. We'll just talk through these. I think these are fun chats and uh, we'll keep linking up and we'll have John recharge his batteries. I got to recharge mine, get together. I'm going to be in the media room for a little bit of second round coverage just to get a feel for it and get the experience down there because I've always wanted to do that. So I will do that and going report back to you what that looks like and how that all shapes up and then have a podcast for your Saturday morning. Um, wake up and go through that and go through the guy's best fit for the third and well, the third day, which is rounds four through seven. So all of that will be delivered to your inbox. Also check out if you did not check out our OBR Twitch draft coverage, we were live during the first round. I was there for a good portion of it. I will be once again there for a large portion of the second round. Uh, The media room Wi-Fi is pretty terrible, so it'll probably be joining late second into the third round. So join us on the OBR Twitch where we will have everybody joined in to cover the draft for you guys. It'll be on from 7 to whenever the third round concludes. So check that out. Keep supporting the website where there's a great 60% promotion going on to get and unlock all VIP content, become a member and all the great benefits of that. So check that out. Appreciate you guys checking out this podcast, all your support. Appreciate you so much. Have a great day. Hopefully you enjoyed round one. Have a great day until we get to round two. Thanks guys and go rounds.